Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the great Scott show, the great sports callers open think tank. How are you on this uh, rather Monday, everybody? That's right. Our first glorious Monday of 2020. Started out Friday night with an emotional victory for the Cajuns. LSU got the dub Saturday, and the Saints getting it done yesterday in a um, a very entertaining, hard-fought game. Stressful at times, but they got it done. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to enjoy it. Miguel with tight end goes in motion. Lewis still has the ball. Pass to Miguel at the five. Touchdown, Louisiana. Yeah, coming out in the backfield that time, he didn't stumble on his turtle route. And an accurate throw by Levi. Raise your hands, Bird. Oh, man. We're going to talk more Rage Cajun football. Coming up in 12 minutes, we'll visit with Rage Occasion head football coach Billy Napier, Louisiana. Getting the W Friday night. Um, tale of two halves in a lot of ways. Chris Smith's kick return for a touchdown in the final minute of the first half was huge, needless to say. Having Farad Gardner back was huge as he led the team in tackles. And uh, Levi Lewis, from the first half to the second half, big difference in his play in the second half. They made adjustments. We'll ask Coach Napier about them, but they were huge. And UAB, who had won 21 straight home games. Nope. Snapped. In an extremely emotional night in, uh, in Birmingham. DJ Looney, the late DJ Looney. Rage Cajun assistant offensive line coach who passed away back in August, uh, suffering a heart attack during practice. You know, his family was there. He's from Birmingham. It's his hometown. All wearing Looney on the back, and uh, every player, every coach afterwards talking about it, emotional. What a night. What a night, and what a win to improve to 4-1. and one. We're going to talk to Coach Napier more about that at 7-15. Uh, LSU gets a win. The World Series has been crazy. Saturday night was one of the, the the best World Series games ever. We got a lot to get into. I am uh, with you here this morning. Um, Steve Pelequin will be in this afternoon. Greg Larner's out today, so I'll be in here for the next four hours. Let's have some fun. Let, let, let's let's really dig in though. Let's start with the Saints. 
Let's start with the Saints because when they come out of the two-minute warning yesterday and Carolina is lining up to attempt a 65-yard field goal, what's going through your mind? What's going through your mind? Joey Sly, there's never been a 65-yard field goal made in an NFL game in NFL history. And and you anytime you see a field goal like that attempted, it's usually at the end of a half or, or a game. Regulation. You don't see it with time left on the clock, but after Marcus Davenport got the huge sack on Teddy Bridgewater, and Teddy said, look, we, we felt like we had the perfect play call if I had had you know, one more second to get the pass off, we would have scored a touchdown. Well, you didn't, and Marcus Davenport was the reason why. And when he's on the field, he is a huge difference maker. And and if that thing, it, okay, they're going to attempt a 65-yard field goal. Good luck with that. I'm like, this is crazy. That thing gets off his foot. I'm like, "There's, are you kidding me? What? Is this? Was it? Is it good? And then you see the ref signal no good. And at first glance, you can't tell. You can't tell just how close that thing was. And I was even bullish. I was like, eh, probably was like short by four or five yards. Then I see the replay. I mean, that thing was short by not even a yard. I mean, it's six more inches on it. It at least gets the front of the crossbar. Or maybe the top of the crossbar. Like, that thing was so close. Joey Sly said afterwards, I'm good from like 64.8. Well, good thing it was 65. Sean, hey, uh, Coach Payton, how do you feel about that kick? Close was that from your vantage point? Well, two things. Um, obviously, he hit a great kick. You know, from my vantage point, I'm looking to just see the trajectory because a lot of times you might be able to get your hands on um, – you know, a kick of that length. He's got, he's got a strong leg. I, I think. He, look, he hit it, and uh, fortunately for us, a couple of yards short. I thought the sack, obviously, on third down, um, was critical, and and it put him in a, a much different position. Um, it was a good win. We'll hear more post game audio uh, coming up here over the next few hours. That's Sean Payton, though. Talking about that close call on the field goal. And then from there, you figure the Saints, you know, one first down and it was definitely over. But even if they didn't get it, it was it was pretty much done. I mean, he missed that kick and that was that was it. And as, as Carolina got the ball down three with about eight, less than eight minutes to go, maybe a little more than eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter, you're like, uh-oh. Are they going to have the ball left? Are they going to drive down the field against this defense, which is just, you know, due for at least three, I'd say three missed assignments in the secondary per game. You know, it makes it a little tougher to win games when you just give up long bombs with nobody, you know, within 12 yards of the receiver. Looked like it was on Marcus Williams on that one. And there there are a number of guys in that secondary. Marcus Williams is one of them. I mean, he's in the last year of his rookie deal. I don't, in terms of an extension, there's a lot of these guys I think next year the Saints are going to say, all right, get to the offseason, we're going to tender you. Going to put out, you know, second-round tender. You can play on it. 
if somebody else wants to sign you and give us a second-round pick and pay you for more than what this is offered, okay, all the best. We'll see you. We'll take the second-rounder. Like the, I, I, Marcus Williams is not about to get a monster extension, is he? He was he was terrific his rookie year, terrific until the final play of the season, of course. And then since then he's had some ups and downs, but sheesh, man. Uh, hey, Saints got the win. They're four and two, and nothing about it. You would think that when you don't have to punt a single time. You would think that okay, yeah, offense is clicking. It should be, should be a game the Saints win with relative ease. Not, not the case, not the case. Now you did turn it over once, and it you know you still were able to win despite being in the negative in the turnover department. But when you don't have to punt the ball one time because your your offense is just in that good of a rhythm, you should win by more than three points. But just long, long drives from both teams. Um, Saints get it done, though. And now they'll head to Chicago next week against the Bears, who play tonight. If the playoffs started right now today, the Bears would be the one seed, by the way. Now, that might change tonight if they lose to the Rams. But uh, some big ones coming up for the Saints at Chicago and then the following week on the road again on a Sunday night against Tampa Bay, who continues to look good. Continues to look good. Won by 25 in Vegas yesterday and now bring Antonio Brown into the mix. And Bruce Arians said that he believes Brown has, quote, matured. Well, we're about to find out, aren't we? We'll talk about a number of receivers in the NFL, including one for the Saints, whose name Mike Florio keeps throwing out there in regards to various rumors. Talking about Michael Thomas. Don't go anywhere. This is the great Scott Show, the great sports callers open think tank. We got a lot in store for you this morning, everybody. The Raging Cajuns on the road against the team that had won 21 straight at home. Cajuns went in there, trailing double digits in the second half. No problem. We got this. Down 20 to 10. No problem. We got this. Getting it done with a big win in Birmingham against UAB. Louisiana Rage Cajun head football coach Billy Napier joins me next to talk all about that. Coach Looney and more. Don't go anywhere. It's ESPN 1420.com. Delta World Tire is 100% committed to making every part of your experience with them hassle-free and pleasant. Whether it's tires, brakes, oil change, or scheduled maintenance, Delta World Tire's highest priority is serving you. If you're planning to travel this season, Delta World Tire is here to make sure your vehicle is road-ready. If the tire needs replacing, the oil needs changing, or any other scheduled maintenance, Delta World Tire will be with you every mile of the way. Doing nice things for people in the cars they drive. Delta World Tire. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshares. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, well, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, founder and CEO of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare, and the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or 
when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sounds crazy, right? Well, the crazy thing is, this never ends. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare, you'll pay nothing. Were you lied to when buying a timeshare and want out? Get the facts about timeshare cancellation. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800-902-5454. 800-902-5454. Order! Continue, Ms. Garner. With the Capital One Venture Card, you earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day. Objection! My credit card doesn't earn double miles on every purchase. I object to your objection. With the Capital One Venture Card, you earn unlimited double miles on every purchase. Order. And right now, earn 100,000 bonus miles when you spend $20,000 in your first year. I'll allow it. No further questions, Your Honor. Well, just one. What's in your wallet? Limited time offer. Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Welcome, everybody, and thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear, filling in for Smokey on his birthday. Because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Just look at the news. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless. And I'm not just talking about obvious things like campfires or letting your totally sweet nephew, Francis, play with matches. I'm talking about dumping your used barbecue coals willy-nilly or parking your car on tall, dry grass. That can lead to... Poof! Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. But listen, being a South Carolinian, I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous, deciduous, or new car scented. So if you love the outdoors like me, go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Because fire safety is always in season. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Eating, working, living pain-free. These are a few of the things many of us take for granted. Yet for many United States military veterans, finding and affording oral health care is a challenge. Dental Lifeline Network is looking for dentists who can change this. Will you volunteer to help people like Richard, a U.S. Naval veteran who suffered severe PTSD after his service? He was left homeless for a period of time, and his oral and overall health are suffering. Because of congressional limitations, the VA can't provide the dental help he needs. Through our Will You See One Vet program, we focus on helping U.S. military veterans like Richard. More general dentists and specialists to donate treatment to at least one veteran with special needs. When you volunteer with DLN's program to see one vet, we handle the details so you can focus on the care. If you are a dentist or know a dentist, please share this message and help us make a difference in the life of a veteran in need. Visit WillYouSeeOneVet.org to learn more. That's WillYouSeeOneVet.org. Catch ESPN 1420, UL Rage and Cajun games, get breaking local sports news, listen to your favorite sports shows, and win prizes. Mm-hmm. Roger that. It's simple. All you got to do is tap that app. Go tap it. Tap it in. Give it a little tappy. Tap, tap, tap. The ESPN 1420 app, available for free on your smartphone or tablet. Tap that app. The ESPN 1420 app. Fake. Going. For the pass, and it's Jalen Williams, and he is in touchdown, Louisiana. You called the pump, and it was a fake on the screen, and a good job by Levi to coming off the deep route and hitting Williams on the uh, underneath, and he willed his way in. Caught that ball at about the four. 
And as you said, kind of willed his way in, and he's in for the touchdown, and the Cajuns now with Snyder to make it a three-point game. Scott Prather, the king of sports talk radio. Surprised? Certainly not. The first year we took it to the limit. Uh, what? The Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. Steal the show. All right, welcome back in, everybody. It's ESPN1420.com. I am Scott Prather, and he on the line is Rage Occasion Ed football coach Billy Napier, who is uh, on the line with us now. Coach, an emotional win Friday night, to say the least, man. I know you've talked about it quite a bit, but uh, in in the, the, I guess, the last two-plus days since, have you been able to kind of sit back and think about what unfolded on Friday night in Birmingham? Well, I think, um, you know, I'm just happy for our staff and players, you know. I think um, when you go play a game and try to honor somebody that you had a great relationship with, it's important to you and you want to do a really good job. Um, And it was fun to watch, man. It was fun to be a part of, you know, to – just observe how hard our guys work, not only because we were coming off of a loss, but also we were uh, being really intentional about honoring DJ Looney in his hometown. And I uh, thought our kids competed in the game, um, you know, really consumed with trying to find a way. Uh, wasn't pretty in, at times, but, uh, you know, it was a team effort. All three phases kind of some of the parts win, much like some of the games we've had so far this year. And, um, you know, a big win and a lot against a really good team. I, I've got a lot of respect for Coach Clark and UAB football team. Coach Billy Napier, our guest, ESPN 1420. Coach, um, uh, with, with DJ Looney's family in attendance, the name on the back, uh, you, every player that we spoke to in the media, all just felt they, they really, to a man, all said you could just feel his presence here tonight. Um in, in all the, the games you've played in, how wh- where does this one rank from an emotional standpoint and kind of just uh, maybe satisfaction is the wrong word, but that's what I keep coming back to, just knowing you guys got the win in a night where you were honoring such a great man? Well, I think we made a great memory. You know, I think, um, you know, I, I told the team after the staff, I thought we learned something. You know, I think uh, because of, uh, what we were trying to do to honor DJ there, knowing his family was there, being in Birmingham, Alabama, where he grew up, having a, a large contingency of people there uh, that that knew DJ. I think that you know, our team focused on trying to do their best uh, and really put a great effort towards something that had nothing to do with them, you know. And I think that we learned something there a little bit about how you should play this game. Uh, how you should go about your life. Um, and I think DJ uh, certainly was proud. His family was proud. And, and um, you know, he made a great memory, one that uh, I think will be special to a, a lot of people um, in our organization and certainly um, in DJ's family. ESPN1420.com. Coach Billy Napier, our guest. On the defensive side of things, Coach, uh, once you guys realized you weren't going to have Percy Butler in the secondary, uh, did the game plan shift at all? And, um, you know, obviously I 
I think everyone that watched saw how well they played. But the follow-up question I'll just ask now is, is the play of, of the secondary, particularly the safeties on Friday night? Well, yeah, I think, you know, we, we play um, we play several players in safety in every game. You know, we've got a lot of confidence in all those players. Um, you know, we just play those, those players played more snaps in the game than usual. You know, Percy being out allowed Cam Solomon, Braylon Trahan uh, to play more snaps in the game um, than they typically would play. Uh, but they play and contribute in every game, and we consider them starters. There's no question they've had big roles in our team now for not only this year but years past. And, um, you know, they really stepped up. They had good weeks of practice. Uh, they were well prepared. Coach Tony does an exceptional job with that group. And uh, for them not only to play well but come up with some key plays in the game I thought was huge. You you said well prepared, and, and Coach Tony, Braylon Trawhall, told us that much after the game saying – Look, in terms of that interception, we knew the play that was coming because Coach Tony, we've been practicing against their two-minute drill, and uh, he said, you know, beforehand, that's just, I think, a, a testament to kind of the film study put in and the preparation process. Yeah, we, you know, we've been harping on it. You know, I think um, a lot of, lot of times in college football, uh, we want to just check the box and do the minimal amount of work, you know, but it requires the extra, you know, and I think um, really been encouraging ownership from the players, you know, self-discipline in their routine, making sure they're doing the, the thought-out intentional plan and film study that their coach has planned for them. That, that's on top of uh, the normal meetings, walkthroughs, and practice that we do have, and certainly uh, Coach Tony has a well-organized plan for those safeties, and that paid off. Coach Napier, our guest, ESPN fourteen twenty. Billy, the kickoff return from Chris Smith was obviously a huge play. Um, many looked at it as a turning point, but offensively, you guys had trouble finding your footing in the first half compared to the second half when there was a lot more rhythm. But that kickoff return, giving you that kind of momentum going into the half, specifically. Chris Smith um, mentioned it to us a little bit after the game, but specifically what adjustment did you guys make from a blocking standpoint before that kickoff return that helped help bring Chris and uh, propel him to pay dirt? Well, we were getting picked on our double teams, and we decided to jump double, um, and we made a decision that we were going to bring it out. You know, I think a lot of times you fair catch it to save time, but we felt like, um, you know, uh, give Chris Smith a running start, you know, and uh, we changed up a little bit up front how we were blocking them. Um, you know, and there were some key blocks on that return. Tanner Wiggins had a great block. Um, you know, Jalen Williams had a really good block. Uh, now, we had some guys that didn't do a great job blocking either. You know, Chris Smith had a lot to do with that. So, um, Chris hit it full speed. You know, he made uh, one guy missed in particular, then obviously the kicker. And, you know, once he gets loose, it's over. So um, he did make some in-game adjustments there, and it paid off for us. I do um, I do think it was a big shot in the arm going into the locker and realizing that we hadn't played well uh, and it was still a three-point game. Uh, and we did make really good adjustments on both sides of the ball. You know, we, we limited them to 56 yards rushing in the second half. Um, you know, I think offensively, 
we picked from the right things. We and Levi really stepped up and made some big plays. Um, you know, overall, I thought it was a, it was a good team uh, win, and certainly one that we can learn from and and try to continue to make improvement from. ESPN fourteen twenty. We're visiting with Raging Cajun head football coach Billy Napier. You mentioned um, some adjustments at half and Levi Lewis, coach. He was much more uh, in rhythm. The offense seemed to be just in a better flow. Obviously, it you know they put up points. They look good. What? How much of that was um, just Levi's play from the first half to the second versus how much of that was uh, an adjustment and you guys sort of putting him in a different position based on what UAB was showing you? Yeah, I think it was maybe a little bit of both. You know, I think they did come out and play us a little bit in a unique way. Uh, they're a good defensive team. They've got really, I mean, I don't know for the people that were at the game, um, they've got really good personnel. You know, I mean, they've got some uh, really elite players on both sides of the ball, in my opinion. Um, but I think defensively there, they've been a top 20 defense here for a long time. But they, they game planned us a little bit. And um, we had to adjust. I think we were picking from some of the wrong stuff. Uh, and then we, you know, we kind of got into a little bit better play for the players. You know, a lot of times the um, the coach is responsible. You know, you got to try to position the players to have success. Um, you may be calling plays, but, you know, you're putting them in difficult spots that maybe is not fair. And uh, I think we did a good job at halftime of getting back to little bit more of a perimeter run game and then throwing the ball around um you know i think it was you know a typical in-game adjustment type of game against a really good team uh defensively you mentioned the second half and and limiting uab's rushing attack just having farad gardner back in the lineup coach and you know guy has nine tackles and yet i'm talking to fans and you know, you, a lot of things to talk about, right? DJ Looney, first and foremost, the emotional win. Reese Burns punt, which I'll ask you about in a little bit. But, like, all these different plays in the game, and I, I'm just I'm looking at the stat sheet. I'm like, man, having that guy back, nine tackles. I mean, just having him in the lineup, he is undoubtedly a difference maker for you guys. Yeah, Farad's a good good communicator. He's a, he's a good leader. I think he's got a good awareness of what's happening out there. I think he makes the other players around him better. And then he's productive himself. You know, he's athletic. Uh, he certainly does a lot of things that contribute um, to the defense's success. Uh, but no, we were, we were very fortunate to have Fraud back. And certainly uh, he's, he's turned into quite the productive player force. We're certainly proud of him for that. Lorenzo McCaskill, uh, a strong game as well, coach. And I remember talking to you about him when he, when he, uh, you know, had gotten, you know, in the program and and was was working. Uh, I guess I don't know two years ago or so. And you said, you know, he's got he's got a mean streak in him when he's on the field. And I think when you watch him play, you can kind of see that come through. He's got an edge about him. Uh, how much does that rub off on the rest of the defense? Well, I, I think it does. You know, those got a certain temperament about him that I think is good for our team. Um, you know, what I'm proud of those, he's learned how to balance those things. He's learned how to, um, you know, he just a, he's got a great heart, and uh, I think he's uh, much like many of us. You know, he's got his vices here or there, and he's learned how to manage those things and really 
uh, be a very productive guy. He's a great student. Um, he's 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 um, growing up as a person, and then obviously you guys can see uh, he's become a student in the game and football, and really learned how to play and learn how to communicate and quarterback that front seven. Um, and you know that temperament, that physicality, that effort. You know, Zoe's a loyal guy. You know, and he wants to do his best for his team, uh, and that's what I appreciate the most about him. Coach Billy Napier, our guest. I'm Scott Prather, ESPN 1420. The punt, Coach. I mean, it's <laughs> 74 yards in terms of the situation in the game. UAB is going to get one more shot at it. Uh, Reese told us afterwards he felt like Coach Looney might have been pushing that one through the air a little bit. I mean, in terms of in terms of punts, they don't get any bigger, better than that. I mean, I I might be I might be uh, I don't know a victim of of hyperbole, but I, I that might be the best punt in college football this year, just in terms of situation and distance. That thing was unbelievable, Coach. Yeah, no, I mean, and you got to start with the operation. You know, the snapper was spot on. I think the protection was solid. Uh, we got good gunner play, uh, and then it, that thing came out of there like a cannon, man. You know, it was, and it was a pocket punt, which is, um, you know, for Reese, you know, being an Australian rules football guy, a guy that rugby punts most of the time, uh, really a big-time play for him to be able to execute a traditional punt given the type of rush we had. Uh, 54 yards in the air and rolled another 20, and we netted 74, so – um, you know, no question, you know, critical play, critical moment, a great specialist play, and, um, you know, certainly helped position us to play good defense there and finish the game. Um, from that point on, you guys were able to get it done with the Braylon Trahan pick and then uh, get out of there with a win. What's uh, what's the trip back home like after an emotional win like that, Coach? Not just for you, but, but the whole the whole team, man. Well, it's a lot better than losing. I can promise you that. Um, but no, I, I think, um, you know, it's something we've done around here. You know, we've, especially when you start looking back, you know, I think probably halfway through that first year, we've been able to go on the road and find ways to win. You know, I think uh, outside of the championship game last year, you know, it's been a while since we haven't won on the road. Um, ran the table in the regular season this year and we're, off to a good start on the road this year. So, you know, we enjoy those playing fights home, and, and we hope to have many more of them. Well, another trip this week, Coach, uh, to San Marcos against Texas State Halloween night this Saturday, 7 o'clock. We'll be on the air with pregame at 5. Uh, but back to a uh, to a conference game. Coming out of this one, what's, I guess, I know you've got a list of things, obviously, you guys feel like you can improve on. What's maybe one that just right off the top of your head says, okay, this is something this week we're going to focus in on and, and, and try to get right for this matchup? Well, I think, um, you know, we got to continue to uh, have a little bit more precision on offense. You know, I think up front, um, you know, we're, we've got to keep working you know, a little bit more detail in the, in the route running, um, you know, and then I think, Overall, in the kicking game, um, we got to get back to basics. You know, I think that uh, we got lots of things to clean up. You know, I think defensively, you got to keep working on 
uh, knockback tackle, pushing the ball back. You know, I think we're uh, covering them well. Um, gap integrity were our issues in the run game. A couple possessions where we gave up some plays, and then we got you know the kicker kicks the ball out of bounds three times on the kickoff. So, I mean, we got a lot of bad football on this tape. On this tape, you know, like most teams do. I mean, but I think the first way you win is you, is you don't beat yourself. And few too much for me, you know. Um, I I still. You know, we're still grinding away here trying to play a complete game. We haven't done that yet, and uh, that's going to be the theme of the week is trying to put it all together and play a complete game. Um, you know, and I think it's a product of the type of year it's been and all the things that went into it. But in general, um, you know, I think our players and our staff agree that we can play much better. Uh, we're, we're, we got an unbelievable chemistry and morale and unity about us. Uh, these guys fight like nobody I've ever been around before, but you know we got to match the precision, the detail, and the execution with that if we're going to go the distance here. Uh, and certainly that's our intentions. Uh, but we got work to do, and and uh, that's what we talked about yesterday, and we'll we'll be talking about all week to, this week. You guys, at least in terms of on the depth chart on paper, personnel wise, you were without a few players, but it seemed like at least from my vantage point in terms of roster, you, you had majority of your guys. You know, that hadn't been the case every game this year, thinking back to the win at Georgia Southern. Coming out of that one, I know you still have some practice and things before Saturday's game, but does it, at least at this point on Monday, look like you're going to have most of your guys ready to go on Saturday? Well, we, we made it out of that game. Um, the only injury that we did have was T.J. Wisham, um, you know, which he's going to have to have surgery on his wrist and will be out uh, for a number of weeks. You know, so that's a core special teams player for us and a reserve running back um, that will be without for a while. But outside of that, we came out of the game relatively healthy. Um, you know, we've went through a number of tests here the last couple of weeks relative to COVID and been perfect. So we need to continue that trend and we need to keep getting healthy. Um, you know, but overall, you know, we'll give you guys a specific depth chart on Wednesday in terms of the players that will be available for the game. Coach Napier, our guest, ESPN 1420. Always appreciate the time on Mondays, Coach. And um, as always, you know, i got to ask you something non-football related. You play it on a Friday night, so perhaps a little more time on the weekend. I don't know if – uh, you know, the kid, uh, one of them had a soccer game or what, but uh, what, what did you do with the family this weekend? And was it nice having that, that Friday night game in the books where you had a little extra time? Yeah, we gave everybody off Saturday. You know, this is kind of, this was kind of our last hurrah. You know, we got six weeks of football in a row here coming up. We'll play every Saturday from this point forward. So knowing that we're going to be grinding it out here, uh, trying to make a run, uh, we gave everybody off. Um, yeah, we had a handful of soccer games Saturday, and then we actually went trick-or-treating a week early, knowing that um, we're not going to be here this coming weekend. So had Annie, Joe, and Sammy and Charlie running around the neighborhood uh, over in New Iberia this weekend. So it was good, man. Well, we, you, we had a great time. You, you know what I'm going to ask, right? I mean, do I, do do I have? I mean, what, what, what were you dressed up as, Coach? I, yeah, I gotta know. Well, we did we didn't we didn't have time for that this year. 
But I'll tell you this, Annie Joe was Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. Okay. Sammy was Spider Man and my man Charlie was was a pumpkin. So hey, you know, we went three for five. Allie and I didn't get dressed up this year. We didn't have as much time to get ready. So All right, all right. It's all good. We'll see, Coach. I'm, I mean, next year I might have to hold you to it, man. Um, I think my, my my son, he I guess he saw the cartoon Guardians of the Galaxy or something. So he got this Drax outfit, and now um, my wife has the idea that she wants us to all dress up as Guardians of the Galaxy, but I'm going to be the apparently the lead female in the, in the movie, uh, Gamora, while she'll be uh, Chris Pratt's character, and then the other two will be other characters from it. So... I don't know. I might send you a picture. I don't know if we'll be able to pull it off, but we're going to give it a shot. Well, good luck with that. Good luck with that. We're going to go try to win this football game this weekend. I'll be in costume watching, listening, and, of course, uh, tweeting about it in the works. Appreciate the time, Coach. All the best, man. Okay, man. See you, Scott. All right. All right buddy. That is Rage Occasion head coach Billy Napier. A lot of good stuff there. Uh, one injury note he pointed out, T.J. Wisham, backup running back and special teamer, as he said, suffered a wrist injury. It's going to require surgery, and uh, he'll miss uh, he'll miss some time. But, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of good details there, man, a lot of good insight. Always appreciate Coach joining me. On that note, we'll take a quick timeout. We'll come back. We'll laugh at the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I don't believe Todd Gurley. I don't believe him. And I'll tell you why. We got plenty more in store for you. I'm here with you till 11 this morning. It's ESPN 1420.com and the ESPN 1420 app. Is your business ready to meet the new COVID-19 safe work environment standards? Let Lofton Safety Services prepare a full response package, including COVID-19 approved cleaning plans, redefined safety policies, and training for your staff. Contact Lofton to discuss a response plan specifically tailored to protect your business, employees, and customers. Call 269-0500. Lofton Safety Services, an essential service for essential services. Local businesses drive our local economy and keep Acadiana strong for the long term. This local business is doing its part, too. Billy Thibodeau's premier RV. Billy T is the only full-service provider for old man generators between Beaumont and New Orleans. They have fast, certified service, parts, sales, and custom installation. Call them at 233-7494. Online at BillyT.com. That's BillyT.com. Shop local. Shop Acadiana. And together... We'll all come out on the back end stronger than ever. Established in 1960, Doug Ashey Building Materials is proud to offer high-quality building materials backed by superior customer service. The team at Doug Ashey helps homeowners make style and design choices while providing pricing and service levels required by professional builders. With so many years in business, you can buy with confidence at any Doug Ashey Building Materials with locations in Lafayette, New Iberia, Brobridge, Rain, Bill Platt, and Lake Charles. Learn more at DougAshey.com and thanks for your support. Delta World Tire is 100% committed to making every part of your experience with them hassle-free and pleasant. Whether it's tires, brakes, oil changes, scheduled maintenance, Delta World Tire's highest priority is serving you. If you're planning to travel this season, Delta World Tire is here to make sure your vehicle is road ready. If the tire needs replacing, the oil needs changing, or any other scheduled maintenance, Delta World Tire will be with you every mile of the way. Doing nice things for people in the cars they drive. In baseball, these are the moments that bring us to our feet. But the most important moment happens when we all stand together, 
united for a great cause. We once again join our partners Stand Up to Cancer in reaffirming a commitment to the fight against cancer. Since 2008, Major League Baseball, its fans, players, and coaches have delivered a powerful, determined message that we, together, will defeat cancer. I'm Matt Damon. I'm Candace Patton. Joe Manganiello. Jordana Brewster. Zachary Levi. I'm Uzo Aduba. Cancer has in some way touched all of us. So join Major League Baseball and Stand Up to Cancer as we stand in honor of all loved ones affected by this disease. Visit StandUpToCancer.org slash MLB. Stand up with us. Excuse me. I know you have a 9 o'clock, so I'll keep this short. I'm the business suit in the back of your closet. You wore me nearly every day before your office went, quote, casual. I used to be the CEO of your closet. Now I'm just that one intern no one ever talks to. I always thought you'd circle back with me. Get granular. Keep me in the pipeline. But nada. Nothing. Don't you remember the McKittrick presentation? You spilled coffee on me, and I still looked amazing during the breakout talkback Q&A. So, I think it's time for me to move on. I've got a great resume, and I absolutely crush it in interviews, okay? Let's make this a clean break. Shift the paradigm. The only thing I ask is that you think outside the box here and do this. Take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create new jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Hey, Raging Cajun fans, this is Louisiana head football coach Billy Napier, and you're listening to the best sports station along the bayou, ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. App, Bobap, Fanana, Fana, Fofap, Me, My, Moab. Go get our app in the App Store. ESPN 1420. Glorious. What's up, sports fans? It's your boy, JJ Reddick of the New Orleans Pelicans, and you're listening to The Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Welcome into the uh, glorious edition of the Great Scott Show. Good morning, everybody. Big thanks to Billy Napier for joining me. You'll have a chance to hear that interview again in the 10 a.m. hour of Beyond the Game. Steve Pelequin filling in this afternoon for G. I'll be hanging out with you this morning up until Greeny starts. Mike Greenberg at 11. So if you watched the Saints game yesterday, you watched Joey Sly narrowly miss a 65-yard game-tying field goal, and then the Saints run out the clock after that. You watched Alvin Kamara do Alvin Kamara things. Drew Brees looked, I would say, as good as he's looked this season. I mean, he played really, really well. Really well. Marquez Calloway's out there. Only it's not an S, it's a Z, but it's still number 12. Last name starts with a C. Not Marcus Colston. Marquez Callaway looks strong, left late with an injury. We have uh, some post-game sound from him talking about how he's feeling after his eight-catch performance. We'll hear that audio um, here just a little bit. But if you watch the Saints win, 
and you kept it on Fox, you got the bonus coverage of the Falcons and the Lions. And when you started to watch, you're like, well, you know, here here are two franchises that are very effective at finding new and amazing ways to lose football games. And somehow the Falcons decided, nope, in the battle of who can blow a game in interesting ways, in a battle of who can just obliterate the win probability model that all these computers put out into the world, this is our title. This is our time. Well, congratulations. Because the Atlanta Falcons, down 16-14, go on a drive, get first downs, they're in the red zone, and there is there is Todd Gurley. All you got to do is go down. Go down at the three, go down at the two, go down at the one, just go down. Then you run the clock down to a second, you kick a field goal that's you know, extremely short, and you win by a point. But if you score, the best you can do is go up by six with a two-point conversion, and now the Lions have a shot, especially if you score early and leave them some time. Well, guess what? <laughs> I mean, I couldn't just help but laugh. Oh, my gosh. The Falcons, the, the, the three times this season... I mean, guys, we, we just finished week seven. Three times this season, they had a win probability of 98% or more, and they lost a game. And I have said ever since they blew the lead to the Cowboys, of course, and then reiterated when they blew the big lead to the Bears, and then reiterated once again yesterday that the win probability model does not compute for the Falcons, you've got to have a curve built into there. This is a reminder that everyone says, oh, computers, they're going to take over the world. No, not, no, no. Any human that's watching knows, okay, no, 98%, no. For the Falcons, at best, it's like maybe 30, 70 at this point, their win probability. So Gurley tries to stop, then accidentally scores, and Detroit drives down the field and wins on the final play of the game. Well, they won. Then they they tried to say, well, we don't want to be one up by the Falcons. Let's make it a little more difficult for us. So Danny Amendola gets an unsportsmanlike conduct, which leads Matt Prater to attempt a game-winning 48-yard extra point, which he hit. Gurley said after the game, I'm mad as hell. <laughs> Not It wasn't Todd Gurley's distraught. He didn't want to talk. He was... I'm mad as hell, man. It's worth noting he has an incentive in his contract. 13 touchdowns this season. He can cash in on millions of dollars. So, you know, I just... I mean, it's not like Atlanta's going to the playoffs anyway. Something to think about. ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Let's head to the phone lines. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Good morning. Yeah, you see the way he fell, though? You see like how he did it like he did like a dip. <laughs> 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 
you see, he he realized at the last split second, oops, I can't score. And then he like went face first. You trying to go like face first into the ground. Like, dude, it's too late. You're already on the end zone. Yeah. So I was like, boy, that was a blip. You know, first person yeah. I thought about, I really love to hammer the fouls. And I said, boy, those guys love this. Oh, you knew, you knew, you knew when he did it that they were going to lose. Yeah, yes. Even against the Lions, you're like, oh, it's yeah, over. I knew it, it's I'm over. Like, they, lo- yeah, they I lost. Knew. I said, you the wrong corner to make the ball with, the, with, with, with that much time. I said, you're going to beat y'all. Dude, it could have been any quarterback. It could have been Brandon Whedon. Once once they did that, the Falcons were losing. I mean, it was over. Ooh, man. That's awful. Nah, that's awful. When you see Brandon Whedon, that's when you really down, down to the down, down to the down. You know, man, that was a bad win. But good victory for the Saints, though. Saints kind of dodged the bullet themselves. You know what I'm saying? But pretty good enough to win. Now, the receiver making some plays, though, man. He looks real good and strong. Got good hands. Yeah, you know? I hope so, he's, uh, hopefully he's okay, that's man. Probably the second, that's probably the guy later on going forward, the number two guy. Who knows? You know, sometimes you follow him accidentally, you know. So it might be the guy, man. Who knows? He looks real good for a young player, you know. So who knows? Hopefully the sky's the limit for them. And our linebackers, pretty, I thought, pretty good last night. Yesterday, I was only probably played his best game in a while because he ain't been making no plays, but he did pretty good yesterday. The linebacker, overall, the linebackers played good. The 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 D line didn't get a lot of pressure. They did get the sack late, which no. was good, but they struggled to get pressure. Uh, and the secondary didn't play great. I mean, that's, that's no, what, you know, still still looking bad, but we got the win. So hopefully, some things get fixed up and cleaned up before. The really, you know, get a like win next part, week against like, Chicago, you know, and then that sets up a huge game against Tampa Bay the following week. So yeah, yeah, you know the NFL is very interested in seeing Tampa Bay doing good right now, and they're doing good right now. I hate it, so it is what it is. You got to beat them and keep them from getting to that ultimate goal. So who knows? We'll see what happens later on. A lot of football to go. Talk to you later. Thank you, Ronnie. Where's the young receiver he's talking about? Marquez Callaway, eight catches, but left, limped off, helped into the tent, didn't look good, and right now the Saints obviously short at wide receiver. Still got the W. But Marquez Callaway, the UDFA out of Tennessee, rookie, undrafted free agent, made the team in a year where they didn't have preseason, an altered camp. That tells you he was doing something right. And he talked to the media yesterday after the game. Yeah, big smile there for you. Um, how do you feel that you played today, especially just knowing you got thrown into the game plan again, even bigger than you did last uh, two weeks ago? Yeah, um, like I was saying, next man up mentality. You know, we go in each week practicing, preparing for anything, and that's what happened this week. You know, with Emmanuel going down and uh, might not being able to play this week. So, just like um, Alvin said, next man up. You know, I think. Um, Juwan did a great job when he got in there. You know, it was his first play, his first start, and I was happy for him, and we just went out there and had fun. Next one's from Catherine Terrell. Hey, uh, congrats on the big game. Uh, are you trying limping to the locker room uh, towards the end of the game? Yeah, I'm good. You know, I just um, got a little dinged up, but it's all good. Thank you. Next one's from Mike Triplett. Because uh, a lot of people are pointing out on Twitter today that your number 12 is the same number that Marcus Colston famously wore for the Saints. I, I was curious if somebody mentioned that to you early in training camp since he's like the most famous dark horse to emerge here or, or, or if that 12 had any significance to you knowing knowing you were wearing such a famous Saints player's jersey number when you realized that the first time. 
Well, obviously, everybody knows who he is, and coaches and players, even players told me as soon as I got here and they found out I was wearing number 12. But I think the coaches, um, RC and CJ, the receiver coaches, told me it was some big shoes to fill. But, you know, ain't no backing down. I'm ready to step up to the challenge and have fun doing it. So Next one's from Nick Underhill. It, it seemed like you did a really good job getting open against their, their zone coverage and just finding those soft spots. Is, is that something that's always been the strength of your game? And, you know, is that some, or, or is that just more of a function of how the offense was designed? I mean, we, we practice for everything, you know. If we, if we know it's a lot of game planning. You know, Coach Duke does a lot of, um, they do, they stay up late, like um, you said earlier, they stay up late game planning against where we got Nets and, we go in each week knowing what we're getting. So we knew we knew this was a big zone team, and we knew it was a lot of zone coverage. So we just went out there with the mindset of playing with them playing zone. So we know how to get open during zone and game win. Next one's from Luke Johnson. Hey, Marquez, do you feel like you're you're comfortable with Drew? And uh, it, like, how long did it kind of take you to get to get there? If you are, I think we we click um, together pretty good. We, we go with a lot of all the quarterbacks, really, with Jameis and Taysom and Drew. We work on simultaneously with everybody. So it's not just, you know, we get go with Drew because, like y'all seen, um, Taysom getting there and be at quarterback, too. So we got to be well with everybody. Next one's from Jeff Duncan. Marquez, following up on that, um, what's it like to have a, a future Hall of Famer like Drew Brees having the confidence to call your number in these key moments these last few weeks? Uh, it, it's great. Um, it's great knowing that what Drew has done and what he is doing and what his future would be like. It's great learning from him. You know, he's obviously he takes the time and after practice and go over things with um, Juwan and I, you know, just because we're younger and we – we know, but we don't really know. So just him, Jameis, and Taysom, they take the time after practice to stay after with us to uh, make sure we're caught up to speed with everything. So they will be confident when the time comes like they have been these past few weeks. If I could follow up real quick on that, I noticed after y'all's second touchdown drive, he came over to the receiver's huddle on the bench and was going over some things with you all, the receiver group. Um, you know, what, what's going on there? Y'all just trying to get on the same page? Yeah, like I say, he teaches us um, pretty much all the time. So what we see when we're out there, he sees something probably different. He comes in and let, lets us know that we got to do our – let us know that, hey, maybe we can slide over a little bit more. Maybe you can run out the break, just things like that. So he's, he tells us what he sees. So next time we go out there, it'll be even more efficient. That wraps it up. Thank you, Marquez. Marquez Calloway, Saints UDFA, talking after the game. Um, hope he's healthy, man. He was limping there. No one was asking him how he was feeling. Um, 